You're listening to a rebroadcast of a live walk talk from Instagram. There we go. All right. So let's go ahead and get into today's walk talk. First of all, before I begin, if you're new to my ministry, my name is Matt McMillan. I'm a Christian author. I've written seven books. All of my books are available on Amazon in paperback and Kindle. I started writing books around 2014 and over the following years I wrote book after book after book after book after book and they're kind of chronological but not really when you read them you will see <laughs> events happen and then you'll remember events from previous years of previous books but um, all my books are really meant to help you understand just how awesome Jesus is when we can recenter our lives our thoughts our relationships our ministries everything about our lives onto Jesus things start to click even when things are difficult they make sense because we know that Christ is with us he never leaves us we're one with him we're new creations and there's nothing wrong with us Now, when I say there's nothing wrong with us, somebody might chime in. Yeah, but you got to sanctify yourself. I'm going to talk about that today. I'm going to talk about that in great detail, this error. Why are we saying we're completely saved by grace through faith? But then we see this fly in the ointment of, yeah, but you still got to sanctify yourself. This is an ongoing process of sanctification. Now, when we talk about sanctification, we we see it a, a handful of times in scripture, but when sanctification is mentioned, it is referring to something being made holy, someone being made holy, as in who they are, their actual identity. If we look to Hebrews chapter 10, we see something happening there. There is a tug of war between the blood of Jesus, which sanctifies once. And then we see the blood of animals, which is an ongoing sanctification. The blood of animals could make no one perfect. Sanctified means perfect. Sanctified means holy. Sanctified means to be sanctified means to be set apart. And that is what happens to a Christian when we when we believe in Christ for salvation. We are set apart from the world, sin, and death. So how can we possibly be made holy? How can we possibly be sanctified? What is the one and only thing which could possibly do this? Anything that begins with I is wrong. And the reason why is that is negating the blood of Jesus, which is the only thing that could possibly make you sanctified or sanctify you. So when Jesus died on the cross, he offered his blood one time in the real temple in heaven. We see this in the book of Hebrews. Before the cross, there was a man-made temple, which was a shadow 
of the real temple in heaven. And the Jews would symbolically atone for their sins by way of animal blood year after year after year. The Jews were not forgiven sin by sin. They were not forgiven by changing a particular action or attitude. They did not have to repent of sinful actions and attitudes to be forgiven. Our modern church has turned the word repent into a work. The Jews didn't see it like that. They knew that the only way they could be forgiven is at the next annual day of atonement. Once a year at the temple, all the Jews would gather and they would pay for their sins for the previous year. So, and even when they paid for their sins by offering their animal blood sacrifice, it didn't actually pay for them. It atoned. It atoned for them. There's a difference. If you want to look at the word atone, look at it like a credit card. You're using a credit card, okay? Temporarily paid for your debt, but the debt is still there on the credit card. So year after year after year after year, the animal blood could never sanctify them. It could never completely pay off their sin. See where I'm going with this? So Jesus comes along and he takes your credit card and he cuts it up after paying for everything. So Jesus propitiated your sins. Propitiation is just a, a fancy word for saying satisfying sacrifice. He paid it all off. He is the propitiation for your sins. <clears throat> we see this in the book of Romans. We see this in 1 John. If you have a translation that says atonement when it's regarding Jesus, it's because that translation hasn't been updated yet. None of those passages describing what Jesus' blood did means atone because Jesus did not atone. Jesus did not put your sins on the books. Hebrews tells us he has banished them, banished them as far as the east is from the west. They are no more. God has already looked down the timeline of your life. He's seen all of your sins. He's not bound by time, remember. A day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day to him. He is not bound by time. We are for right now. So when you believed in Christ for salvation, he had already looked down the timeline of your life and decided to forgive you, decided to propitiate your sins, not atone. So when we become Christians, the blood of Jesus has sanctified us, past tense. You are now sanctified. You didn't do anything to sanctify yourself to begin with. You believed by grace through faith and you received Jesus's sanctification. So this is really hard to understand when we are taught a double talk gospel. When we tell people you're completely forgiven, but you're not perfect. Do you see that? That's double talk. And they'll say that and then keep going with a smile. Let's look at that. You're completely forgiven, but you're not perfect. Why are we thinking this? Why are they saying that? Because they don't understand what the blood of Jesus actually did to them, to their identity. It's a false humility tactic. It is a 
modern church version of Judaism. The blood of animals could never sanctify them. Jesus did. So Jesus comes along, pays for all of our sins, past, present, and future. And the Jews wanted to go back to the temple. We see this in Hebrews 10, 26. The, the Bible verse where we see, if you deliberately keep on sinning, there's no sacrifice left. That's not describing a Christian. That is describing a Jewish person who heard all about the blood of Jesus. Go back up to the top of chapter 10. This is what I'm talking about. He has sanctified you. The body of the blood of the body and blood of Jesus sanctified them. But they didn't want that. They didn't want that. They didn't want that. Boom. Hebrews 10, 26. If you deliberately keep on sinning after receiving this knowledge about Jesus, there's no sacrifice left for your sin, except a fearful expectation of judgment. For who? For those who trample on the spirit of grace. Who's the spirit of grace? This makes sense. So this is not uh, Christians who are sinning. This is Jews who are sinning according to the law of Moses. And there's no way for them to receive forgiveness next year at the day of atonement. They weren't like a lot of our modern church people who will ask for forgiveness every night before they go to bed. They knew that they had to go back to the temple to get forgiveness. The words ask for forgiveness are not in the Bible. Why? Because without the shedding of blood, Hebrews 9.22 tells us there is no forgiveness. We don't ask for forgiveness. We receive it one time. If asking for forgiveness repeatedly forgave you, that's no different than what they were doing with the animal blood. They were saying, no, man, I'm going back to the temple. I'm getting my forgiveness next year. I don't believe in this little carpenter that hung on a cross. He wasn't powerful. See it? So our modern church is not making a big enough deal about what the blood of Jesus actually does, which is sanctify you, make you perfect, make you holy, make you blameless, make you set apart. This is what has happened to you, to your identity as a Christian. Now, that's your sanctified identity. Sanctified. Cannot change this. By one offering, you have been sanctified. 1 Corinthians 6.11. Hebrews 10.10. Have been sanctified. Past tense. Identity. Get this right. Then you don't have to say I'm not perfect when you make mistakes because then you'll understand your actions and attitudes. Sanctified identity. 100%. By the blood of Jesus. One time. He's not repeatedly sanctifying you. He's not repeatedly dying. The only thing that could repeatedly sanctify you is ongoing blood being shed like the Jews. He's not doing that. He's resting just fine, which caused your sanctified identity to be finished. You're finished in your identity. Now let's look at your actions and attitudes. Your actions and attitudes are being sanctified. Two different types of sanctification. But our actions and attitudes do not change our sanctified, sanctified identity. Our actions and attitudes do not maintain our sanctified identity. Our actions and attitudes have nothing to do with any permanency of what Jesus did to our identity. 
So we don't have to say, I'm not perfect. You can say, yes, I am perfect. I have been made holy. <laughs> if you have done something to make yourself holy, and I'm not saying you're not saved, but you should probably question your salvation. You should probably question it. When I see people who get on Instagram, very charismatic, some of them, very good looking, very good orators. They get on Instagram and TikTok and they say, I'm not perfect. That's how I know that they don't understand just how powerful the blood of Jesus is. Because they have no excuse for their actions and attitudes. Their actions and attitudes over here, they've got them commingled with who they are. You are not what you do. Good, bad, or indifferent. You are who you are by your supernatural rebirth into the family of God. You cannot change this once it's complete. Once you have a realization, oh my gosh, I need Jesus to forgive me. I believe he has forgiven me. Boom. You're saved. Your old self dies. Romans chapter 6. You have died your spirit. Romans chapter 6, Galatians chapter 2, Colossians chapter 2. You died. Your unsanctified, unregenerate spirit that you were born with, dead. It's dead. Okay? Then you're buried in the tomb. You were crucified on the cross with Jesus. You were in him. Literally, supernaturally, in Jesus when he died on the cross. This is why he had to die to sin. Because you were in him when he died. You were buried in the tomb. This is not going to happen later. Your old self died. You were buried in the tomb. Those three days, you were in there with Jesus. Then you walked out of that tomb as a brand new creation. 2 Corinthians 5, Galatians 2, Colossians 2, Romans 6. You're a brand new creation. You're a sinless spirit. You have been sanctified. What sanctified you? The blood of Jesus. It is the only thing that could possibly make you holy. Not anything you do. Following the commandments of Moses will never make you holy. The righteous have always lived by faith. Before the cross, sins had been left unpunished. That's how they... Romans chapter 3, that's how they were saved before the cross. The righteous have always lived by faith, even from the time of Adam. And then Jesus came, paid off all the sins back then, paid off all the sins up here with us thousands of years later. We have been sanctified. This is all based on the blood of Jesus, what Christ has done, who he is, everything about him. When you have any type of thought that has anything to do with anything that you do, that's when you fall off course. That's when you say, I'm not perfect. Because you watched that porn. Because you flirted with that person in your DM when you're married. Because you didn't check that grocery out at the self-checkout. You just stuck it in your bag. So do you see all these things we start to list that I could come up with? We could look at that religiously as well because you went to church and you thought it was earning something with God because you tithed and you thought God would pay you back 
because you look at your pastor as greater than Jesus. Because you think that you're doing a good job of following the law of Moses. All of these things that begins with I is not of faith. It is of the flesh. The flesh, not your flesh. The flesh. There's a difference. And I'm not going down that road today. <laughs> That's a whole walk talk. And I have talked about that in great detail. You are not the flesh. Real quickly, when you see the words the flesh in scripture, that little T-H-E in front of flesh changes the meaning 100%. It's not talking about your body. Go read every passage that says the words the flesh. Reread it with this in mind. You are not the flesh. You have flesh. I'm not saying you don't have a body. You have flesh. But you are not the flesh. The flesh is not your body. The Greek word for the flesh is sarx. Sarx does not mean your physical body. It is worldly ways of getting our needs met. So if your worldly way of getting your needs met are indulging in uh, fantasy with porn or really needing to do everything you possibly can to get the most views and the most likes, no matter what you say or do. Or I'm going to go do everything I possibly can at church to prove to all these people watching me that I'm a Christian. The flesh, the flesh, the flesh. That's the flesh. You're not the flesh. You are holy. You are sanctified. You are new, you're righteous, you're, you're a child of God. You are complete. Colossians chapter two says, you are complete in Christ and you're always in Christ. Everything that wasn't complete about you died. Buried, came out new, now you're seated in Christ. First Corinthians six says, you are one spirit with the Lord. Colossians three says, you've died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And where is Christ right now? Physically. Ephesians tells us he's seated in heaven. If you're in Christ and Christ is seated in heaven, do you see what I'm getting at? You're already supernaturally seated in heaven. The only thing that will happen later on is you'll exit from this physical realm and you'll get a new physical body. That's it. You're complete. There's nothing wrong with you. You have been sanctified. So, Let's look at this. Good morning. Let's look at this from a completely opposite direction. Since it's Sunday, I'm going to go a little bit longer today. Some of these walk talks, you know, when I first started doing these walk talks, they were 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Then they started to get longer. And then I really got a lot of positive feedback on them, um, especially on the longer ones. So I started doing them longer. But um, when I do these throughout the week, I, I just don't have time, but today's Sunday. So let's keep going. Let's talk about what you could possibly do to become more sanctified. You know, if somebody says I'm not perfect and I got to keep sanctifying myself, what do you do? You got to have an answer. You got to have an answer. If that's what you think, is it, is it getting up earlier and reading your Bible more? Is it going to seminary? Is it controlling your temper? Is it 
giving more stuff away? What What is it? Insert the blank. Is it coming out of the porn industry and becoming a pastor and then doing a bunch of stuff? Is it getting out of prison and then starting a social media ministry? What is it? What, where is it? Is it stopping drinking and acting better? Acting better? What? There's, there's gotta be some way to answer that. If you think you're not perfect, if you think you're doing something ongoingly to sanctify yourself, this drives the religious mind mad. I'm insulting the religious mind. I'm insulting works-based righteousness. I'm insulting the legalistic spirit that pesters people. I'm insulting them. What is it? Is it putting on a suit and a tie? Getting up in front of everybody and talking for an hour? Getting a nice round of applause? Is it getting up there and really setting the center straight? Really going to slap my hands hard? Really going to have a loud voice? Really going to make you fear people and fear God and fear everything? Is that sanctifying me? What is it? Where's the cutoff? Anything that begins with I is a work. And Paul tells us if it's based on works, it's not based on grace in Romans chapter 11. And if it's not based on grace, it's not the gospel. It's not the gospel. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us it is by grace you are saved through faith. Not of yourself. But people teach this error so much. And then they'll mix in. Let's, let's, let's talk about some of the elephants in the room that I know you guys have heard. What about faith without works is dead? Yeah, man, but faith without works is dead. Okay, that's in the Bible. Same thing applies. Let's look at it. Where's the cutoff? How do you know? If you can answer that, you're not trusting Jesus. The real context behind faith without works is dead is not ongoing works to prove anything. It is not ongoing works to sanctify yourself. You cannot do what the blood of Jesus has done. Deal with it. Either way, if you think that you're doing something to sanctify yourself, deal with what I'm saying. Consider it. If you think that sinning is unsanctifying you, what are you saying about the blood of Jesus? You're saying it didn't work. You're saying it wasn't good enough. You're saying, no, I have to do more. The blood of Jesus wasn't enough. Paul told the Galatians about this. Christ died for nothing, if you have that mindset. Make a bigger deal about the blood of Jesus Christ. Blame him, not me. I say this all the time. This new covenant 
is not my idea. It's not. <laughs> and I say this all the time. Why? Because I would outwork you. I would do more stuff than you. I would write more books. I would have more false humility. I would tell more people I'm not perfect just to prove how imperfect I am. That way I can appear humble. This is called false humility. False humility overlooks the blood of Jesus. False humility says, mm, now, don't believe that about the blood of Jesus. It's not good enough. I got to do my part. This is girl on my TikTok the other day. She could not get it through her mind that you can't be unborn from God. She used the example of her brother. She said, my brother was highly involved in the church. He was on the church staff. He preached to whatever group. He did this, 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 and this. And now my brother has completely renounced his faith and is no longer a Christian. I said, I'm really sorry to hear about your brother, but we do not base our theology on what your brother did or didn't do. And she said, well, this represents many, many people. I don't care if her brother, if a billion people did that and her brother was one of them, that does not override the new covenant. That does not mean that the father and the son will ever break their promise to one another. We are not in this covenant. We are beneficiaries to their covenant, the father and the son. The old Testament, the old covenant was between God and Israel. The new covenant is between the father and the son. Israel was removed. Jesus was inserted. Why? Because Israel had the ability to suck at their end of the covenant. They couldn't do it. 613 commandments. And then they had to go to the temple and get forgiveness for breaking those commandments once a year. They were tired of it. Their end of the bargain could never sanctify them. Jesus' end of the bargain sanctified us. So when we try to compare our friends or family who went to church for a while and started acting, acting right, and then we want to say they stopped going so that proves that we can lose our salvation? Bull freaking crap. We have two options here. Number one, your brother was never saved to begin with. He just felt all this pressure from all these religious people and decided to go to church and do stuff and got sucked into the religious system. And he looked really, really good at it. But he never believed by grace. Never. He just thought, I'll just start doing all this stuff and then I'll be saved. That is not what saves you. Look at the rich young ruler. He told Jesus, I've done everything. And Jesus said, you lack one thing. Go sell everything. Because he was rich. Jesus will always find that one thing to expose to you, to tell you what you are doing is not causing you to be righteous. What you are stopping is not causing you to be righteous. I am the only thing that could possibly make you righteous. Repent. So for this person's brother, either they never believed, they just dressed up and played church, or they did believe. They were saved. 
highly involved in the church. And they got sick of the church system. They got sick of everybody picking them apart. They got tired of being told how much of a bag of crap they were every single week. They got tired of the double talk. They got tired of works being mixed in with grace. They got tired of law being mixed in with Jesus. They got tired of the all of the trash in our modern church, our modern Jesus plus insert your favorite form of the flesh there. They got tired of that, but they're still saved. They're still saved. They've, head for the, they've headed for the hills and got away from the church system, but they're still saved. Jesus is with them. They're reborn. So she couldn't understand it. She said, yeah, but it's a gift. and You can give a gift back. Here's the thing. You cannot give the gift of salvation back because you've been reborn. So if you want to look at the gift of salvation like this, a sperm is the actual gift into the egg, which creates new life. That's the best way to look at salvation being a gift because the sperm can never come out of the egg again. The life has been created and your birth is final. Your supernatural rebirth into the family of God is final by grace through faith once. This is why Jesus told Nicodemus, don't be surprised when I tell you, you must be born again. Nick couldn't get it. He was like, what do you mean? How am I supposed to go back in my mother's womb? He was describing the permanency of salvation. <laughs> Nicodemus was one of the most well-behaved people on planet earth. Why is he telling him this? Do you see it? He was saying what you do can never cause you to be reborn. And once you're reborn, it's final. You have been sanctified. You're good to go. You're holy. You're blameless. You're a new creation. All right. <laughs> Lastly, let me switch hands here. Wipe my snotty nose. Lastly, I want to talk about one other thing. Because I know this is heavy. I know this is heavy. I call you saints all the time. In all, everything I write, I say saints. I say because you're a saint. Saint means sanctified one. That's what it means. There's certain denominations who see that differently and they bestow sainthood onto somebody but how do they do that through something they did what does that tell you that's not a true saint according to them now whether those I'm trying to choose my words wisely here so i don't hurt anybody's feelings but sometimes it's just going to hurt your feelings and i don't mean to whoever is being crowned as a saint let's just do that by those crowning them that's not from god why scripture tells us only the blood of jesus can sanctify you you are a saint i am a saint if you've believed in christ for salvation 
Every single person who has ever believed in Jesus by grace is a saint, is a holy person, is set apart. What does that mean? They're set apart. They're in Christ. Their old spirit died. They're now in Christ. You're a saint. Sainthood is not earned. doesn't matter what type of clothing they're wearing. You can... Oh, man. <laughs> Double checking my words here. I am maturing in how I address certain error. Um, <laughs> and today, I just... Right before I say something that I know is probably going to come across as super snarky. Um, the Holy Spirit is just kind of saying, hey, man. Try different. Paul addressed all of the churches as saints to the saints in Rome, to the saints in Corinth, to the saints in Colossae, to the saints in Ephesus. Why? Because after he called them saints, establishing their identity, he went on to address whatever situation that body of believers were facing. He was establishing identity like I'm doing for you. I'm trying to tell you your identity is sanctified. Why? Because Paul spent a long time with Jesus and Jesus told him all this stuff. And then he came into town, checked it out with some of the other apostles who actually walked around with Jesus. And they're like, he's like, is this right? And like, am I, am I getting the same gospel message as you? Yes. From a highly devout Jew to a person who was ran out of town for telling you what I'm telling you by other Jews. You're a saint. You're a holy one. The same message will upset the religious people of today. When you tell somebody you cannot sanctify yourself, only the blood of Jesus can do that. And if you're a Christian, you have been sanctified. Those are fighting words. Because they cannot fathom the fact that people still sin. They cannot fathom the fact that we all stumble in many ways. They think we have to sin less in order to sanctify ourselves more. If that's the case, again, where is the cutoff? Where? They, they won't give you a definite answer. They'll just get angry at you. They'll kick you out of church. They'll label you as the false prophet. They'll label you as the guy who came up against pastor. But over time, you find peace with that. You understand, they just don't understand. So you think of them with love, you think of them with respect, you move on, find common ground to find with them and just understand there are certain topics that you cannot discuss with them because they disagree. But we can, we can agree on Jesus and that's what matters. At the end of the day, those people who really seem like they're pushing error on a lot of people, Onto others, that doesn't mean they're not saved. It just means they're struggling with error. The worst thing we could possibly do is be rude, be disrespectful, get angry. 
you know, stitch it. <laughs> so much error on, on TikTok. I know I'm doing an Instagram live, but on TikTok, there's this thing called stitching where you can take somebody's video and then take part of it and then you can put your clip right after it. And there's so many times where, you know, I'm watching somebody's TikTok and they say something which is just blatantly antichrist. I don't, I'm not saying they are the antichrist, but it's against the message of grace. And, you know, the flesh wants me to, not my flesh, the flesh wants me to stitch that and set them straight. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'll follow them and be friendly with them. I'm not going to go around stitching people and just being a big, ugly jerk, you know? So we got to find commonality. And the commonality is we're all saints. We're all sanctified. We're all holy ones. You know, the Bible says, be holy. I'm saying the same thing. You are holy. So be, be, be yourself. Understand that the blood of Jesus sanctified you completely. Your actions and attitudes are being sanctified. You're maturing, you're growing. But there's no level of sanctification in your actions and attitudes that can cause anything to change on this part, on your identity. The cross was a huge success. The blood of Jesus truly did everything for you. It's finished. You're perfect. You are perfect. Sanctified means perfect. You're perfect. All right, guys. So, hope this has encouraged you today. Always tell the truth about yourself. What's the truth? You're sanctified 100% in full because of the blood of Jesus. Your identity, your actions and attitudes are being sanctified. You're maturing. You're not changing. You have changed. A tree doesn't change. A tree matures. Same with you. A baby doesn't change. A baby matures. Same with you. Your identity is complete. You have been sanctified. What else? You're righteous. Yeah, you're sanctified too. That's a subcategory of sanctification. You're holy. That's sanctified. You're blameless. That's sanctified. You're a new creation. You had to be a new creation if Christ was going to make his home in you. See it? There's nothing wrong with you, friend. Give yourself a break today. Give yourself a break. Trust what the blood of Jesus has done. All right, guys. Hope you have a great day. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this Walk Talk. Please be sure to rate and review this podcast and share it with others. Subscribe right now so you don't miss out on any new content. To be encouraged daily, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. If you want even more information on my ministry or to check out my books, go to www.mattmcmillan.com.